Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 5, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I have my regular Comic Book Nation crew in the studio here in Nashville. With me is Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up? And from their home studios or on vacation or visiting family or something or another, I don't keep track of everybody's summer schedules, but Janelle Wheeler... (laughs) And Connor and Casey are both with us, too. And, yeah, program note, uh, this is uh, one of Matt's last times in the illustrious comic book studios. Because Matt's skipping town. He's out (laughs) of here, baby. Uh, He's not leaving Comic Book Nation. Don't worry. But he's not leaving comicbook.com. Don't worry. We all need paychecks. But uh, Matt is moving. (laughs) So he won't be a local boy anymore. No. Take a good look with these nice high-def cameras. <laughs> He's got all cut up. He's all fresh for you. Get a good look in because you're going to get that webcam zoom angle from here. I think you got one more show, and then it's uh, webcam zoom angles from all that. Meanwhile, all of you at home, get, I mean, dust off everything you got at home because your ass is coming back in here into this studio soon. <laughs> so shifts happening on the show, everybody. Musical chairs. Some people are going to the home studio. Some people are coming back to the studios. But uh, we're going to miss you, Matt, because uh, you and me kind of uh, started this out in season one on that awkwardly small couch that we all had to sit on. <laughs> and uh, it's in, uh, been a good time. And if you don't know, the show kind of started for me and Matt being left in the office on Fridays and kind of just talking about stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're going to miss you, buddy. But uh, we got a couple shows to do. It's, uh, and we're going to do that. I'm getting notes. Richard says, you can't see me. I can't see me because the monitor, I can't see myself at the monitor right now. But apparently there's a microphone in front of my face so that we don't miss out on this lovely mug. I think I lowered it enough, but that's just for the viewers. For the audio people, here's what we're going to be doing on this episode of Comic Book Nation. I teased you that this is a thicker show that we got going today, and it is. We do it all for geek culture, and we certainly are going to get into most of it today. So... In our rundown, we're going to be talking about some news. We got to talk about what happened with Secret Invasion. We're not going to get too deep into the finale or what it means because we also have another Marvel podcast, Phase Zero, and we did a special episode following the finale with our reactions and talking about the future of the MCU and what the problems are right now. So be sure to download that this week. But we are also going to talk about what's going on with the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is already gaining enough acclaim to kind of set up a franchise future for that. So we're going to get into that. We got to talk about some new trailers that dropped on the anime side of things. We have reviews for 
Two big movie TV releases this week, Disney's Haunted Mansion and Peacock's Twisted Metal. Plus, we will talk a little bit about Secret Invasion. And we have a whole uh, cartoon corner that Connor's gonna be getting into because there's a lot of animated series, which may be our bread and butter for the foreseeable future given the strike. So there's a lot on the small screen going on. There's stuff happening in wrestling. We've got to talk about The Witcher. We can't have Matt's last shows without discussing The Witcher, of course. And this is Comic Book Nation, so we will talk about comics. So like I said, thick show, let's get into it right at the top. Janelle, yes. tell us about the not so illustrious <laughs> legacy of Marvel's Secret Invasion. Yes, so we've been talking about this for quite a while. We've been covering um, the show as it has progressed and it's turning out to be that we aren't the only ones that think that maybe this is the weakest entry in the Disney Plus lineup under Kevin Feige. Secret Invasion is Marvel Studios' first rated rotten TV show on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I was not surprised by this piece of news but it turns out that it has gotten a 57% rotten. Um, the It's only above Iron Fist wow. and ABC's Inhumans, um, which Ooh. is wild. But honestly, looking back at a lot of the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm actually really shocked um, to hear that I think Miss Marvel was the highest rated. Yeah. And WandaVision um, was only at 91% and Moon Knight was at 86. I'm actually really shocked by that. Um, it's it's really interesting, but I am not shocked about the Secret Invasion news. What do you guys think about this? Do you think this is fitting? Do you think it should be rated rotten? I mean, I'm not rating it fresh. Is anybody here rating it fresh? No. Hell. <laughs> so that's a small sampling right there. I mean, that's an easy one to knock out. Is anybody actually gonna put up and say they would rate this thing fresh? Not me. I do so. It, so it is. So to understand, it is above Inhumans. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, then, it's at fifty-seven percent. Um, so Inhumans is percent, and Iron Fist is thirty-seven percent. Okay. This yeah. is fifty-seven. Okay. I think that's fair because yeah, like, I mean, it's fair. not a. Yeah. It's not the worst show I've ever seen. No, it's just, right. you know, yeah. So well, like I, I said, we're not going to go too deep because we did a whole episode talking about what this show did or didn't do. And we're going to talk about mm -hmm. it later. But I think it's fair. I think that this is a show where the the where the sum was never equal to the parts. The parts were all good, kind of the plot lines and the actors who were involved. Mm -hmm. But it just never because of the writing or whatever, it just never gelled into something significant or it didn't start the water cooler. Yes. It didn't do really anything. It just was here. So I feel like, but it wasn't so bad. But so I think that's a fair rating. And we're gonna talk more about Secret Invasion. Um, after the break, we're gonna kind of just touch on the finale episode and kind of want to hear from Janelle and see what everybody mm -hmm. thinks right about now that we've had a couple days to process it. But for me, I think we could just say, we all agree that's a pretty fair rating for yeah. us. So. Right, agreed, yes. So I guess we could just move it on forward because we're going to go a little more into uh, into depth on that in in the future of the show. So we'll slide right into some really good news and exciting news, especially for people um, of a certain generation that have been loving Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles forever, like myself. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, you guys are kind of in the same boat. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is getting a spinoff series. It's in the works with Paramount Plus, 
And um, and it's getting a sequel. The movie that's coming out uh, will be getting a sequel. And I think that's really good news for um, for anyone who's a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love seeing this live on. It makes me really happy. And this is a collaboration, I think, between Nickelodeon and Paramount yeah. for this movie. From what which yes, sure. from I don't what know. I, I think they're I think we're all under the same umbrella now. Yeah, we're all yeah, under and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, including this I show. think it's really done them well. Yeah, yeah, no. um, yeah this is good stuff. Uh, I mean, it's good for Seth Rogen for sure uh, in his <laughs> yeah. pockets. It always instills confidence too that like when this kind of thing comes out before a movie is released, yeah. that they have faith in it and that it it's yeah. one of those things where you're yeah, not going to confident. see a one and done die on the vine type thing, you know? No, and uh, the first reviews are also in for this movie. Um, it's looking pretty good. While people say it may not be Spider Verse, it is a pretty. It's one of the better. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboots because we get a reboot like every couple of years of yeah. Ninja Turtles in yeah, some form or fashion. Some of them have been pretty out there and just not so hot. Or they've been, or it's one of those things like Mario where it's been like every generation has their version yeah. of the Turtles. Love that. Um, yeah. Ours is still the best, obviously, if you're an yes. 80s, 90s kid, but uh, everybody Absolutely. has their version, whether it's the original Eastman Laird, kind of more violent take of the comics or the 80s, 90s kind of goofy reinvention. The wild pill addled 2000s ADD version of Turtles Everywhere, the anime ripoffs. Like, you know, there's all, there's a lot of different versions. But this one from, you know, uh, Seth Rogen and, and company with real teenagers and its unique takes on like Jackie really Chan, fun. Splinter, and yeah. Ice Cube as Superfly. And, I'm like, super excited this. for this. Yeah. John Cena. Yeah, we're going to screen tomorrow. <laughs> I'm taking my son to a screening tomorrow. If he's watching this, that's your surprise. But if you don't know, like, I tried doing. everything to make that. Thing. Oh yeah, I, I, moved, I called everybody like, <laughs> like, hey, I need, I need a sitter. Can <laughs> we figure this out? I tried like, to move Earth to get to that thing, no. I'm so bummed. Sorry, buddy. So, but it just shows that like I'm excited. I'm, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, it no, looks cool good. and fresh and awesome. Yeah, it's a late summer one that I'm kind of psyched about. So uh, yeah, I mean that's good news. It's good news for Paramount. Good news for us. So and it's really good news that they're kind of bringing in a lot of people that have been working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles content for so 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 many years. I love all of the people behind it, and I think that's why they're doing such a good job with it. I agree. So yeah, exciting. All right, and finally on the news front, I just want to shout out Netflix's Castlevania Nocturne trailer. So Castlevania become, became this unexpected anime breakout hit thanks to a uh, large part, my boy, uh, Adi Shankar, who's a friend of this show. But uh, they're keeping the franchise going and we're getting Castlevania Nocturne, which is a kind of adaptation of two of, well, at least the first one of these famous Castlevania games, which are Rondo of Blood, which was this Japanese release that became really popular and then got re-released for Super Nintendo as Castlevania Dracula X, which featured the character changing from Simon Belmont to one of the other kind of Belmont family uh, descendants, Richter Belmont and the new power set. It was one of the games and it led to a sequel game called Castlevania Symphony of Night, which is of course this now iconic kind of dark horse cult hit game that like slowly but surely broke out and kind of not only reinvented Castlevania, but also ushered in what I guess gamers call like that whole Metroid verse or whatever. Oh, Metroidvania. 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 Yeah, action adventure games that then added, because Super Metroid I think was the one that kind of like started action adventure games that had more of an exploration element For to sure. them and free exploration and all that. 
So um, it, it revolutionized Castlevania games, but it also became iconic. The characters, the kind of aesthetic inventions. Alucard they did. has just been a Alucard, yeah. yeah, and Richter. So this is going to be Richter's time to shine. I think we already got Alucard in the first series, but this is uh, going to be uh, Richter Belmont's time to shine, and we're going to get the kind of Castlevania meets anime, which who knew this would all combine and work so well. But uh, here we are, and so. The artwork and the anime level of animation in this trailer and just the aesthetic from kind of taking on those games with their kind of glorious goth overtones and all that. Um, this looks like it's gonna be another good time for this franchise. And even though it's a kind of new creative team, uh, I'm looking forward to this. So uh, shout out to all our anime heads. We were keeping an eye on our gaming heads. We're kind of keeping an eye on this one, but uh, yeah. This Castlevania Netflix, I mean, I'm glad they're not letting this go because, like I said, I mean, the animation level alone looks pretty beautiful. So, and it it's, looks like it's going to be gorgeous. violent. Yeah, it's, it's great really action, pretty. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, check that out on uh, comicbook.com gaming because it's going to be hyped. So, that is our new section. And uh, I didn't mean to talk over everybody. Does anybody have burning thoughts on Castlevania Nocturne before we move on? I do. I'm, I'm oh, Connor, interested. sorry. What do you what do you want to say? Uh, so after the first season of the Netflix series came out, I was one of those guys who did a big old wiki deep dive into the Castlevania franchise. And uh, the big takeaway I had was that Richter is like obscenely powerful compared to the rest of the Belmont family. Yeah. So I'm th even though it's 300 years after everything that happened with Trevor, uh, this is going to be massive. And I really hope season two, they just say, it's Symphony of the Night. We're doing it. You hear Alucard's voice in the trailer. I don't think you see him, but he's going to play a big role in this season if they're trying to adapt Rondo of Blood. So I'm all for this. No, they're going to go Symphony of Night. I mean, obviously you start here and then you go into that game, which is like one of, again, one of the most iconic and famous Castlevania games there is. So uh, if that's not the plan, the Netflix is just continuing to love losing money, but uh, hopefully not. All right, let's talk about our two big big reviews of the week uh on the movie side we are going to talk about disney's haunted mansion i think i'm the only one who saw that here uh so let's talk about haunted mansion so i went and saw disney's haunted mansion i don't usually go out for the disney stuff but uh i was curious to see because i was curious to see what uh justin simeon did with this and i was also curious to see if we were getting back to maybe some kind of that amblin era of kids having to go through and see scary things. Because I'm a big believer, I know Phase Zero's uh, Jamie Jirak is a big, this is one of her favorite rants as well, but I do believe kids need more scary content. Like there is, we grew up with, are you afraid of the dark? Goosebumps, yes. Goonies are trying to outrun murderous, possibly cannibal serial so killer scary. families. Like, you know, things were real. Like when we were growing up, yeah. Indiana Jones, you got feet, people's the faces labyrinth. getting melted. The labyrinth. labyrinth, yep. Yeah, Dark getting, crystal. Yeah, getting snatched out of your Dark bed crystal. in the night. Like, you know, it let us know that the world could be a little dangerous in every adventure, even never ending story. Like yeah. there's some heavy stuff in every single movie that let you know, like this is either scary or tragic or like Land Before happens. Time has like Dude, so the last many. unicorn. Yeah. I mean, like it was pretty real. American Tale. Yeah, people were still coming out of that. Uh, they did this on the Sunny podcast. Uh, shout out to other podcasts. But um, 
Yeah, it was coming off the acid, the acid years of people making content before we got to the, and then we went right into the cocaine years, and then it was just like, <laughs> yeah, they were not looking out for our well-being. They were just like, kids, you need to know ah, how real it is out here. Unicorns die, flame bulls, like yeah. I mean, bleh. even like Red and Stimpy scared the Oh, Red and Stimpy, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was wildly inappropriate for kids. But uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much of that. Um, yeah, they're just their bedroom life. I mean, Jesus, uh, God. <laughs> anyway, so okay. I went to Haunted Mansion. That's all to say. Going off the rails. <laughs> there's a grenade in every show. If you were just getting into comment book, oh Nation, my God. there's a grenade. We never know where it's going to be. It where we're going to go off so the rails. Quickly. But uh, yeah, this is apparently today's. But uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion. I'm sorry to say, it, it never really kind of commits to that scary thing. And, and this mm -hmm. is a kind of a case where the tone and the exact angle of doing this is kind of lost in this movie a little bit. Um, there is a very kind of heartfelt story, which I actually enjoyed the most. Like Lakeith Stanfield is the main character in this and there's a big kind of heartfelt story about why he's been looking for ghosts and what that means to him and what the spirit side and like what he's trying to do with all that is kind of a deep story. But a lot of it is just comedic banter between the cast who are yeah. excellent together. Like Owen Wilson is hilarious in this movie. Danny DeVito's wow. a scene stealer. Tiffany Haddish is great with her kind of uh, like New Orleans medium character. And like I said, Lakeith does the dramatic stuff really well. And Rosario Dawson's there and awesome as usual. And you got people like Jamie Lee Curtis coming in and stuff like that. So. There's a lot of great scenes of just seeing these actors on screen together, kind of fooling around, bantering, doing acting weird and doing stuff and offbeat. And it's all very good. That part of it's actually really entertaining. Um, the scares aren't really that scary or they're like a little too scary. Like it, oh. it kind of never nails that tone. Like there are certain parts that are going to be too scary for kids about like who's doing what and like who the main bad guy is, who's like, they got Jared Leto for this movie to play a ghost who's in full like prosthetic makeup and has like his voice altered too. So it's no real reason for it to be Jared Leto, but he's there, uh, Janelle, they're, they're, that's for you. But uh, yeah, yes. he's in there. So it's kind of weird <laughs> touches like that, but it is very offbeat and it feels like offbeat in terms of tone. And cause you gotta also throw in like the Haunted Mansion ride references with like the hologram That's pictures. That's what I was going to ask you about, like, Yeah, no, they do all those nods to the Haunted Mansion ride. Okay, because that's my that. favorite Disney World ride. And that's the only reason why I'd want to see this film. So, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you can you and you can pretty pretty much figure out how easy and, and obvious those are. Characters yeah. are walking down hallways that extend, you know, the pictures, the ghosts come out of the pictures or mess, mess the around. The growing room. Yeah, that's when like I a saw growing that, room. Yeah, I that's where you just out. saw that. Um, with a where there's a whole thing with crocodiles in the growing room. Yeah, like, the crocodile. Yeah, so oh all of that is kind of the ride is put into the movie. Um, but again, that just makes for a kind of mildly entertaining haunted house movie. But again, there's so much seriousness to some of one side of this story that it it it, it feels like I said just offbeat. So I say all that to say that. This is a good watch, but I don't think I would recommend and say, you know, theatrical watch, yeah. which is where we're back in this bouncing kind of thing yeah. with theaters and how many movies we're getting versus how many we actually need in theaters. Like Barbenheimer can carry us for three weeks, right? Like yeah. Mission mm -hmm. Impossible understandably got swept up because it came out right before Barbenheimer. Yeah. And now this is coming out right afterwards. And it's like, 
it's gonna neither get ignored. of those movies yeah. are necessarily ones you need to see in theaters as opposed to Barbie or Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? So why, I'm just curious, like why this wasn't a fall release yes. or Halloween? Yeah. Like this is the perfect Halloween. I would dress up and like go see this. And, like, why is it coming out in July? <laughs> because people really overestimated that the summer movie season was coming back. They put all these oh. movies on the slate and now we found okay. out in 2023 we don't do this much anymore. It's just so dumb. Yeah. Like this yeah. is like such a perfect fit it's for so the fall. I mean, I will Disney Plus this. in time for Halloween. I guarantee yes. you that. Okay, so uh, everybody. This will tight. probably be a staple for me once. Yeah, like I watch the same Halloween movies every year. Like this will probably get added to it. Yeah, maybe I mean, that was part of the strategy. You think that was part of the strategy? I, like get I, it out, get what money you can, but like. Our goal is to get it on Disney Plus around Halloween time. Halloween time, and let yeah. it pick up a bunch of streaming stuff for then. Because that is, I mean, those these are great. I would watch I this on streaming that. in a heartbeat. No, this is what I said, and yeah. that was my takeaway. Even the when I came out, and you know, uh, inside baseball, but when we go to screenings, there's like PR people afterwards yeah. we got to talk to and kind of give our impressions so the studios get to know like the general word cloud of how people are feeling. And I was like, this would have been great if it was on Disney Plus. If you had told me this was like a original on Disney Plus, I'd have been there. But um, I get why it's theatrical. They got a lot of big people yeah. in it. And, and, you know. What's the candle's that. name? Because I need um, like what? collectible merch of the little cute candle. There's a little cute candle uh, that oh, talks. Oh, yeah. I forget. Don't ask me. That. <laughs> That's all I saw was pictures Bro, of the candle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cute little uh candle thing guy. that's gonna be his name is candle guy He's yeah well it's like, gonna be on my i just think of beauty and the beast candle guy oh <gasps> lumiere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what best anyway but uh yeah no lakeith Stan, Stan, uh stanfield can definitely hold down a movie some people on the youtube comments are asking how and he, he can is. hold a candle yeah he can hold a candle and he can hold down a movie and like i said he's funny we he's funny in this he's weird Stupid. and there's a big dramatic story <laughs> with him that he he does well carrying there are actual moments in this where i got like a little choked up and you know there's a good little kind of tragic love romance story at the heart of this and so Good stuff, but uh, would have been great on streaming. That's all I say. Now, let's turn to my, if you guys haven't, go back and listen to our excellent uh, summer 2023 most anticipated, most anticipated, Jesus Christ, and most anticipated TV and movie releases. Because I picked two offbeat ones because I looked at what everybody had. We left out the flash and that, and now it's like, thank God we did. We were so concerned at the end of that show, but... Uh, we're good on that now, but uh, <laughs> um, I picked two offbeat genre movies. I'm looking for just like, uh, I'm not looking for that uh, long-term romance out of summer. I just need that fun fling. So I needed some good genre TV, B-movie, B-TV. And I am now getting one of those in Peacock's Twisted Metal. So Twisted Metal came out. It's here. Everybody was like, really? That game we knew once, if you're an old person, there's been a lot of old gamer jokes surrounding this series. A lot of you young I didn't gamers. feel like Twisted Metal Black came out that long ago, but then I looked at it and was like, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, that was a long time ago. Came out a long but, time. Um, yeah, so, you know, basically a story that, you know, a game that none of us really sat down and read the mythology for back and forth. Nah, it bro. was just <laughs> questions like, why is Homie strapped in a wheel and called Atlas? and kind of stuck in there and what's up with Sweet Tooth and all that and Nightshade and all of these things were about as far as we asked but the Twisted Metal 
TV series. And I only got to see one episode because Peacock's jerking me around and trying to make me charge charge me to watch this now. So we're gonna get into that later, but <laughs> I saw the first premiere episode and I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I like this and how much fun it is. I saw it when you know, on the Peacock like main menu and yeah, it was like yeah. comedic TV series. Yeah. And I was like, that is a good label to slap on this because it's it's very accurate. This is very much a comedy series. Um, it's Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie and company, like not taking themselves so too seriously. Good in this. He's perfect. Knowing exactly how ridiculous Twisted Metal is, but how much fun it is, which is the key to this game. It was absolutely ridiculous. Everything about Twisted Metal, and I was like somebody who was young, who was old enough to remember when the PlayStation came out, and thinking like, "Oh my God, this is next level!" And like playing those games, it was always ridiculous. Twisted Metal matches were ridiculous, but it was oh, so yeah. much fun, right? And this series gets that. And so kind of introducing and building a world around this, I feel like they did know like how much of the game they needed and how much creative license they had of how much there was nothing to this game and then built around that. And so I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed like the actual deeper elements you don't get from the games in the first episode, like Nev Campbell when I didn't even and I don't watch trailers a lot anymore. So I had no idea Nev Campbell I, was I told, in I forgot this. she was in this. And so, then she yeah. shows up and I was like, oh snap, like it's Sydney. And she's then, great. Like, and she's great in this. And like, yeah, that whole sequence of him just like going back inside and seeing like what society is like when you're inside and, and have actual luxuries and stuff like that. It brings like a kind of new subtext to all this that was interesting. And just the whole mythology of a milkman and what that is and what you do is great and more importantly i love the actions the vehicular oh it's so good like this yeah. this scene in particular in the like mall, the, the yeah. opening sequence is great it gives you a perfect idea of what this show is going for uh i yeah i'm so bummed that so like because episode two and i won't we won't get in the spoilers or anything but like episode two i feel like does such a good job of really showcasing like everyone's excited for you know Samoa Joe. everyone's excited for sweet tooth Episode two is like all sweet. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, it's such a uh, I'm on episode three and I've I, I got to say, like, even moving into the third episode, they're already starting to do the thing that I wish Walking Dead had done more because I was always on Walking Dead for I know the decision was made early tonight to like not we're not going to like acknowledge like the thing that turned everything like we're not going to go and focus on that. It's never about why the world is this way or what happened when or whatever it's about this right and that always pissed me off that always bu <laughs> always bugged me i did not like that choice uh and you know we've talked about things like um oh my god a quiet place like where they you actually get to see some of how things yeah. went and like we're starting to get acknowledgments of like how things went down or whatever i love that we're doing that and then we switch to mackie's charm is just off the charts here it's so good like he's the perfect leading man for this it's so fun yeah, oh no if, if you've ever like met at, i know that sounds so well no, i mean sounds I, so elite right, is what i'm about to say but if you've ever met anthony mackie and i've had the pleasure of doing it several times yeah. like this is very much him like yeah. just riffing and him getting to riff and do all that stuff is hilarious he is a really funny guy and like everything about this is just <laughs> from like this, this, this butt shot and everything to like, yeah, they do when they're just like checking him out and they freshen it and everything. And they're just like, yeah, nice button. He's like, mm, yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's uh, just hilarious. It's man. so good. Janelle Connor, did you guys get to check this out? I haven't. Is If Samoa Joe is good in it, then I'm sold. 
Janelle? I don't have I don't have Peacock. Okay. Nobody does, Janelle. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Nobody has I do. Peacock, okay. I Peacock. Except the wrestling I guys, they have Peacock. That. I first I got have... it for Murder She Wrote. Yeah. So this guy has it for Murder She Wrote. <laughs> I have so many and I the, feel the Ven- sad I just that want to wait. Wait, wait. I, I just want to see the Venn diagram of people who picked up Peacock for Murder She Wrote and what the average <laughs> age range is for that. And then I want to see where Matt lies on that chart. I need some real scientists on it. Oh, oh man. man. I'm sorry, Janelle. I, my brain broke right there. You were All I interrupted you. you. You were saying Oh no, you're so good. I'm just laughing with you. It's perfectly said. I love it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I can't this. Smojo's great though. He uh, he's they clearly let him just like have fun. And you don't, I lost the whole thing of like, oh, that's Samoa Joe. I didn't have that after like 10 minutes. Like he is, he's this interpretation of Sweet Tooth and he really gets to have fun. Like they they just, also, uh, it feels like every streaming, big streaming show will have like, will kick off some nostalgia kick for a song. Hmm. Cisco, you're welcome. Like <laughs> Cisco and Ricky Martin, you're welcome. Like those, so those songs are gonna be all over the place again because people are gonna be, oh man, like this soundtrack. I was is just, fun. oh yeah, it was good. I was just listening to uh, Cypress Hill Rock Superstar <laughs> the other day, and that is Stephanie Beatriz, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anybody who was in this. I didn't look it up, but uh, yeah, when I saw her on screen, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Rosa Diaz. All right, but yeah. So, I mean, weirdly enough, <clears throat> I'm happy I picked this as my uh, kind of most anticipated TV show of summer because I think it's going to be the most fun if I end up finally shelling out for Peacock or doing whatever I got to do to watch of it. To answer some questions in the comments, yes, they released 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. They're all out there, so you can binge it. And uh, I'm going to. I want to really bad because uh, I was like hooked in. And uh, yeah, this is a fun, just kind of light, mindless action comedy TV series based on an IP that some people are now arguing the comics. Are we old enough to remember or not? But I do. So check that out. Check out uh, Twisted Metal. Let us know what you think. All right. We are going to be taking a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss some things about the Secret Invasion finale real quick. Then there's a lot of animated (laughs) release, you know, the future of entertainment for right now, animated releases that hit the screen this week. Plus, some other live action things we want you guys to know about. So stay tuned for all of that. Wrestling, comics, this is Comic Book Nation. We do it all for geek culture. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. If you just missed our first half, we talked a little bit about what's going on in the news with Marvel, Ninja Turtles, and Netflix's next Castlevania anime series. Plus, we dropped our reviews of Disney's Haunted Mansion movie and Peacock's Twisted Metal TV series based on the popular game. Now, we're going to touch, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, if you missed it this week, we've been putting out lots of bonus round episode content on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page and on our podcast platforms, uh, primarily Apple Podcasts. So if you guys haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe to both of those places so you know when the bonus content hits. So, because when things happen in the industry, we are on it more and more. So check that out because that has a whole discussion about us just coming out of the secret invasion uh, finale 
me, Connor, and Matt, like WTF <laughs> and what is Marvel doing? That whole discussion goes down over there and it is a discussion to be had. So as we're just talking about this today, we've gotten a chance to hear more from Ali Salim, the director of Secret Invasion. Brandon Davis got to talk to him. We've had exclusive articles up on comicbook.com, Marvel and the Phase Zero feed. Check those out. But uh, we've confirmed a few things. Uh, first of all, Janelle, uh, you didn't get to weigh in with us on our immediate reactions episode because we spazzed out really fast about this. Uh, and decided we had to tell the world how we felt. Be like men. But uh, what did you feel? How did you feel <laughs> about Secret Invasion and the ending of this? Um, I, this is difficult. Um, I would say that the entire season, in like in its entirety, was definitely a letdown. I would say that the final ep- episode was not as you know much of a letdown as some of the others throughout the season. I feel like it kind of started to come together. I can see what they're doing. There was the action that I was hoping for um, and, you know, a resolution. I just it is so talky and it is such a um, it's supposed to be like Disney Plus's for adult show. And it didn't feel like it was for adults. It felt like I felt like a kid could watch this. I mean, I I know that that sounds a little like aggressive because but like (laughs) I, again, was brought up on certain like action things and I don't know. It just didn't feel like an adult exclusive thing, if that's what they're going for. Um, And I just I, I don't know. I like action. I like superhero stuff. So this is just not my style of show to begin with. The only thing that's very me in this is like the scrolls, the actual like aliens. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm I'm let down because I really, really want Nick Fury to have the moment. Like I want Nick Fury to be loved and have his time to shine. And it just felt like he was weak in the entire series. And that's not the Nick Fury I want to see. Like, I don't want to see an old jaded Nick Fury. Like, I want to see someone who's rocking out. So, um, mm. yeah, it was, it was a letdown for me. But I still enjoyed it more than Falcon Winter Soldier. And it's just like, I think in some ways, the thing that made Nick Fury so cool in the other ones was kind of like what really kind of hurt the series which is we didn't have to explain a lot of the gaps in Nick Fury appearances before. He was this guy who could just show up. Yeah. And you didn't know how he knew about things. He just did, and that looked cool. He was always informed. He was always one step ahead. He always knew what was going Mm -hmm. on. And there was some of that to that in this show. But when you make that aspect of a character like the central thing, like they're just going into rooms, kind of like playing them, you know, underplaying themselves, playing the old man, the fuddy-duddy, the guy who's lost his step, but he's still, you know, cunning and all that. And even with this fake out in the finale that they pulled between him and Gaia, it's like, that stuff is great when it's that character in another place. Yeah. Super spy who can pop mm-hmm. up and be like, oh, no, I got the answer for you. Or you thought we were in trouble, but I was one step ahead. And it's actually yeah. a reverse it. But like, when that's the only thing kind of carrying the show, it just makes the character kind of feel hollow. Like there is no, it's hard to do real doubt, tension, moments where it looks like Fury is actually kind of outmaneuvered. <clears throat> and we're gonna do a whole long breakdown of The Witcher after this, but that was one aspect of these last episodes of The Witcher I very much enjoyed was 
finally seeing, you know, Geralt overwhelmed and out and outclassed at a moment. Yeah. And Mm-hmm. They never could decide if, and it's always, I think, also a Sam Jackson thing. Sam Jackson, I think, has clauses that he can't look uncool in certain kind of ways. But like, yeah, it just never felt like Fury. It never felt like personal enough to make Fury's story like resonate with us. But it also felt like all the super spy stuff wasn't as great as we remember him being or as cool. And it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a weird one. Secret Invasion has been a weird one. And uh, I think the biggest other thing we have to talk about is, I know Connor's spazzing about this, but uh, they confirmed that uh, Rhodey has been a scroll, as I told all of you from the beginning since Civil War. I told you they would go all the way back to after he got blasted and the confusion between when he got out of the hospital and was like working for the secretary in Endgame and doing all that or Infinity War. Like, yeah, he had been replaced, which raises... So many problems and questions. Uh, my favorite from Twitter this morning was somebody screaming in all caps, then why the hell was his blood red in Endgame? Like, how much does this make sense? Because we saw Rhodey bleed in Endgame and it wasn't scroll blood. So Marvel better get those artists in there to do some uh, digital digital worky work or just have Rhodey have like a dyed droplet or whatever. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat is clogged, but... Uh, Connor, you look like you want to go off about this. How do you feel about Rhodey being a, about what this has done for not just Rhodey, but also Everett Ross and like how long he's been a scroll and all that. So. So I read our exclusive this morning and I saw the director's comments. He all but outright confirmed it, but he also sort of left the door open that Armored Wars could fix this. And I think it is a perfect example of this show is going to have no cultural relevance. People are going to hate this decision. They're going to look at it and go, oh, that that decision sucked. We should we need to undo this. Just just say he was a scroll for like a year in Armored Wars and that'll get past this and then it'll all be undone. I'm also seeing conversations now where it's like, hey, is Gaia technically like the most powerful figure in this universe now? She's got like everybody's power including captain marvel and uh i don't think we're ever going to see her again which is another example of yeah this show does not matter so who cares yeah i mean the whole gaia thing and amelia clark now being the most powerful figure in the mcu is and like it's like what does gaia i mean that's the part that really just kind of told me they didn't really think this through is like now guy is that powerful and it's like what after all this about finding scrolls a new world and doing all this you now have all this power and she's like oh, I'll go work for Sonya Farnsworth or whatever on Earth. And it's just like, yeah, I'm like, I'm wondering, are we going to see either of these two actresses after all this in the backlash of Secret Invasion again? Or, or is it going to be like Poochie or just like, uh, what's Rachel McAdams in that game night? Oh, no, they died. <laughs> There's a bomb. They died. Oh, no. So, yeah, it, it's baffling. But uh, like I said, I don't want to get too deep into this. There's Phase Zero and our whole kind of what the hell is Marvel doing discussion episode. You guys should check out both of those. Connor, take us to something a little happier. Let's get out of live action for a minute. Let's go over to animation. What's over in your uh, self-titled cartoon corner this week? I, I I had to go with the alliter- alliteration, Kofi. It's what I do. Hopefully it's um, not it a copyright. for the cartoon yeah. corner, ladies and gentlemen, because we had a bunch of uh, adult targeted anime come out this week. Um, Starting off with surprise, you got an extra episode of Invincible 
uh, before season two comes out in November, and it was an origin story of Adam Eve. This this was awesome. I I will not lie. I sat down and watched this on Sunday, watched it all the way through, and about ten minutes in, I went, "Man, I miss Invincible because this show is just obscenely good." And it, it dove into a character who, when you look at her powers, you go, "Wow, she can kind of run circles around everybody else." And uh, you get to see her origin, and it's freaking tragic, and it's it's visceral and mean in a way that only in this this property kind of nails. And everything regarding how she's born, the other experiments that are basically her brothers and sisters that are all failed versions of her, how they resent her, uh, who her real dad technically is. Um, we get a... Uh, it, it, we get some just absolutely brutal final scenes with it. It's there's um, Lance Reddick gets one of his final performances in this, which always tug at the heartstrings whenever that character appeared on screen, even though he's absolutely reprehensible. It, th- this kicked ass. I, I absolutely dug this. Yeah, it was a good reminder of why Invincible was such a kind of good and has been like kind of a dark, dark horse rise. People have caught on to it over the years since its release. But um yeah, it, it was definitely a good reminder of why this series is different from other superhero shows, even like The Boys, but what it does. And it is like this kind of unflinchingly brutal kind of look at what life as a superhero could be and the metaphor for social ostracization and, and all of that uh, when you're like a unique person. And so, yeah, this made Adam Eve's character a lot more accessible and interesting and yeah i I can't wait for this series to come back it was good stuff janelle did you see this one i did (laughs) and i loved it i'm not a big animation person as you guys know but lately animation has been crushing it like i love this i love spider-verse obviously um yeah this is i was surprised by how moving this was i i've gotten kind of like i feel like invincible was really cheeky at times and kind of funny. Uh, you know, like there were moments where I was kind of like, oh, haha, you know, but this just felt really serious. And it, it was, it was like emotional and it was very touching and it just makes me love her so much more. Um, I already did love her, but now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, I cannot wait. It built the hype for season two so much for me. Awesome. I have not seen yeah. this. I haven't had yet, but I will dive in this weekend. Oh, I'm you're excited. gonna love it! I'm excited. Yeah, and there, there's, a, there's a few little hints. Uh, we, we get to see Omni Man again. Um, there's a particular post-credit scene where they just go, "What was Mark doing during all of this?" And the answer is being a stupid kid. And the, the last shots of the episode are just Omni Man's face keeps changing when he's going through his options of, "Do I just kill everybody now, or do I wait to see if my son can get powers?" And you're just like, oh, crap, we're going back to how season one ended. This is bad. Uh, but it, it's it's a whole lot of fun. But elsewhere in the cartoon corner, we've got the first three episodes of Harley Quinn season four have dropped. If you haven't hopped on this show, I don't know why. It is fantastic. It is a wonderful parody, not just of Harley Quinn as a character, but also it, it's, it's great at poking fun at the DC universe as a whole. There's real heart to it, but it never takes itself too seriously. 
the first episode is about saving Nightwing from getting his butt taken away by Professor Pig. There's an episode where they're in Vegas and Clayface is doing a residency. Uh, it's just hilariously raunchy. If you if, if you've never jumped into Harley Quinn, this season is fine. You don't have to watch the first three. Uh, but if if you want if you need something to binge, this is perfect, and it's all on Max now. So, uh, any thoughts on this one, guys? I mean, yeah, Harley Quinn's awesome. That's that's pretty. I much haven't it. had a chance to watch this, so that's, that's I haven't seen. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm having the hardest time under the radar. Show. I'm surprised this one didn't have more fanfare. Well, yeah, outside of the trailer, they can't promote anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, outside of the trailer, they're getting they can't really promote it. They kind of dropped it, comic, but even like it, like there were other trailers and stuff that, like dropped at Comic Con, like. But this one just even when it hit, like I remember just getting buried under other things, and that's nuts because this show's so good. So I yeah, agree. yeah. I mean, they did the Valentine's Day kind of special one, and then like I didn't know it was when season. I didn't know yeah. it'd be this ready. This it was, fast. <laughs> it was just kind of. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just didn't think it would be this fast. So good for Harley Quinn. Yeah, uh, and yeah, just, you got more I, on here. I, I do real quick, Matt. You undersold my adventure with Superman. <coughs> we are on episode five now. Uh, this show is amazing. It it's is really good. It is Superman meets Shonen anime. And it is absolutely delightful. Lois uh, has kind of already pieced together who Clark is. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't jumped on this show yet, you should. And uh, for all the uh, the old animation fans out there, Futurama's back, baby. We, we've dug in this corpse up for one more go around on Hulu. <laughs> and the first episode is poking fun at exactly that. <laughs> so, oh, boy. Yeah, that I saw that. Yeah. Hulu keeps trying to toss me. Futurama after I've like, and I'm like, dude, I've watched this a million times. Hulu, stop it. But then today they were like, new Futurama. And I was like, I'm listening. I'm listening. All right. So thank you. Yeah, those are all great animated offerings. You can see if you're not going out and completing your Barbaheimer run this weekend. Uh, you can check all of those out on different streaming platforms. I think Invincible's on Amazon, Harley Quinn on Max. Superman is on Max as well. And Futurama's on Hulu. So there you go. Uh, I want to take one quick minute and plug because it's talk about things that happened under the radar during Comic-Con. Uh, I was like in a meeting this week and I'm like, yeah, when is that Star Trek New Worlds Lower Decks crossover? Isn't that coming this week? And they're like, bro, that dropped on surprise on Saturday. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I had to go back and watch that uh, as well as the new episode of Strange New Worlds season two this week. And both were pretty delightful. Uh, one was very lighthearted and good. Jack Quaid, a uh, friend of this show, mm -hmm. Jack Quaid, uh, we've both interviewed him and he, he's he loves so both cool. of us. He's, he's a good, awesome. He's a great guy, yeah. Um, Jack Quaid, I did the Lower Deck season three when they announced this crossover at Comic-Con last year and everybody was so psyched about it and with good reason. Like, it was such a great, perfect synthesis of what Lower Decks does as like the satirical comedy Star Trek and Strange New Worlds as this kind of nostalgic vintage throwback and bringing those two worlds together and having kind of Quaid's character who is obsessed with the past in the history of Star Trek, like get to meet his heroes. Um, but they also turned it, and this is what I love about like what Strange New Worlds is doing. They turned it and used the time travel aspect to kind of really mess with the dynamics of the show that they've been building in season two. Like one of my favorite scenes is there's this whole conversation he has where where Quaid's uh, character, Ensign Brad Bomir, is freaking out about how Spock is acting because in history it doesn't match like what he thinks Spock. So he thinks he's butterfly affected the whole thing. And like Spock is smiling and all this. 
and he's like trying to talk to Nurse Chapel, and he's like, yo, why is this going wrong? I think I've messed it up. Like Spock has never smiled. Like, and there's this whole thing about history and Spock has never smiled. And she's just like staring at him and her heart is like breaking because her and Spock have just like, spoilers have started this like romance. And he just basically screws that whole thing up in like one span of a moment. And he's just like, oh, when he like realizes. And it's like, he does this in good and bad ways throughout the episode for different characters who begin to realize, oh, maybe I, I have this great future and I should get over my current anxieties or self doubts. And like, he's like, there's stuff with Ohura and, and number one and like, kind of reinforcing people or letting, or kind of planting seeds of doubt, like maybe this future isn't gonna work out the way I think. And so there's a seriousness to it, but also a lightheartedness. And like I said, Jack Quaid and uh, Tawny Newsom, who comes in, you know, in the episode two and, and from their animated universe into live action is fantastic. Um, it's a great Star Trek crossover episode and some wonderful surprises about taking Strange New Worlds back into the animated side of things, which is also fun, so. Definitely check that out on Paramount Plus. Plus, there's an and after that, my God, talk about great, dude! I was just talking to somebody who is a Star Trek fan about how I would just watch an entire series about uh, Jess Bush's Nurse Chapel and uh, Doctor Umbanga, who's played by I don't want to butcher his name by uh, Babs Olanasu Mukon, and uh, they're the two medical officers of the Enterprise mm -hmm. and Strange New Worlds. And they got a kind of focused episode in the premiere. And then this latest episode is about them having to deal with their PTSD from the Klingon war and while welcoming a Klingon diplomat who used to be like one of the worst generals onto the ship. And that's like a much heavier, complete opposite. Such a heavy episode about war and, you know, the acts of war and what you do and who you are like in these different worlds. and but still wonderful Star Trek stuff. So, and that's all to say, Strange New Worlds is killing it. Check it out. Don't miss that stuff. And uh, I'm loving it. But We might get sued. Matt, now for the thing <laughs> you're real excited to talk about. That got me sorry. Uh Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we're, because we've been really knocking these bonus episodes oh, out. Right, I'm sorry, that's interrupt. Somebody pointed out, because I'm an idiot, in the comments, yes. And this is Jack Quaid's moment, because Jack Quaid has Star Trek Lower Decks. That's right. Cross over Strange New Worlds. My Adventures with Superman. The Boys. Like, Boy, he is killing yeah, it, man. Yeah, he is killing it real, real good. Like, yeah. And these aren't small things. Like, that's awesome. These are like mega franchises. This is so cool. Like, good credit to him. Kudos for him. Yeah, and his father's still killing it. Dennis Hopper in the new trailer for Strays, if you haven't seen that, Will Ferrell. I have not seen it. It's a rated R talking dog movie, and it is hilarious. Oh, okay. Well, yes. Got and, my attention. Uh, and one of the lines is a cameo from Dennis Quaid, and he says, oh my God. I have seen something and I'm Dennis Quaid and Dennis Quaid has seen some ish. And it's like a great little cameo. So whole Quaid family, shout out. You guys are killing it. So I should not be going into this with uh, my love of Homeward Bound being my my guide. Oh for no. R-rated strings. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> okay. That trailer was hilarious. Homeward Bound. I saw that as an ad and it was a rare time that I stopped and watched that entire ad. I was like, this is genius. Uh, yeah, so over the, uh, the last couple of days here, the much anticipated chapter two of season three of The Witcher has dropped on Netflix. We're gonna do a whole, right after this actually, we're gonna do a whole a spoiler filled uh, breakdown of the chapter two and those three episodes that happen, obviously the finale and everything like that. Witcher. Um, but just to give you some quick uh, little non-spoiler, you know, re review, just a kind of a small mini one. You know, there are a couple of moments and we talked about it if you watched our last spoiler episode we talked about like the things that were coming up the big battle that was coming up it's been in the trailers and stuff so i don't feel like that's 
crazy spoilers. Um, Geralt's fight uh, with Figglefortz has been one that people have been looking forward to for a minute. And what happens after, uh, you know, series kind of major turning point. Like there's a lot of things in these three episodes. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of mixed on it from like, it's, it's kind of a weird arc because like the three episodes start off amazing. It kicks, it kicks in the gear like right away. And I loved it. And I thought they like did a really great job of like hitting these big key parts. I mean, this is a big thing to happen. So to contain it in one episode is kind of, <laughs> is kind of impressive. Uh, I thought they did a really good job with that. And then kind of moving into another really important thing. I thought they did a good job with that. It's just really, I think most of my kind of conflicts come from the decision for it to be three episodes yeah and the decision for it to end where it ends yeah and so it's just a matter of you know i can't it's really hard to kind of hit that without talking spoilers but like it's just some decisions that were made that i feel like kind of took the air out of it yeah and it starts off so well and, and so it's just kind of to go off what yeah, Matt's yeah. trying to say so, is two back in, yes come back to this to our YouTube stand channel and be yeah, sure after this episode this week you download <laughs> our whole spoilers discussion of yes. The Witcher season three Very part much. two because we are going to get into this there, yeah. there's some things we got to talk about here so we got we're going to get into to a finer point so we're going to move into wrestling time All I think right, that's my wrestling. new song can I can I coin that as a song wrestling time hey man, that's we're my working song. on possible Let's clip that. Glory today, uh, so go for so it. So before we get into it, we're going to actually talk about, uh, obviously, this this weekend has WWE NXT Great American Bash, and that is going to be the big uh, PLE on Sunday. And then, of course, next week is SummerSlam, and Connor's going to have you covered on that next week. Uh, but for NXT, before we get started, Rich, can we, can we play a little, we got a little message, a little uh, fun thing from, from some people here. Can we play that? Hey, everyone, this is NXT superstar Roxanne Perez, and you're listening to Comic Book Nation. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wesley, and I want to thank you all for taking the time to watch and listen to the comic book podcast. This is a great one for you to be listening to because you're going to get a mixture of every single bit of life that you really want. And also, Matt is pretty dope. So make sure that you take the time to listen and watch whenever you can. This is Wesley. Booyah. I gotta say, uh, shout out to Wesley for you know giving me a little, giving me a little love there. It's nice. <laughs> So good at promos. <laughs> so Roxanne Perez and uh, Wesley are obviously going to be uh, having a lot to do at Great American Bash. But uh, thank you so much to them for for dropping us a message. It's super cool. Uh, we got to start here. One of the most interesting things that has happened in NXT over the last two weeks is the fact that Dominic Mysterio from Old Judgment Day came over and uh, got the North American title and Dom Dom as he's <laughs> from Wesley. Now, to be fair, me and Wesley talk about this actually in an interview coming very soon uh, to Comic Book Nation's YouTube channel. But we, you know, it did take the entirety of the Judgment Day to take the title from him. It was not Dominic. It was Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic who all had to attack him to make that happen. So. You know, a little solace there to be taken, but he's going to have a championship match here and he's going to have it with Wesley and Mustafa Ali, a match I would not have predicted a year ago to like happen at all. But the fact that it's happening, this is probably going to be a really fun match. Dominic has proved he can, you know, he can move in the ring and, and he can roll with things. Wes hasn't had a bad match in NXT, period. Mustafa Ali, I can't remember the last bad match he had either. So... I think that the three of them together are going to do some really fun things. There's a couple of those matches happening here. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on Dom Dom's 
Uh, reign of Terror. <laughs> you know, I, I will give NXT this. It has been gradually improving since the 2.0 days. The problem is, is that the sports entertainment aspect just rears its ugly head sometimes and messes with a good thing. Wesley versus Mustafa Ali at Great American Bash would have been perfectly fine. Instead, now we got little Dom Dom in here mucking everything up. See, I love that. Me, I don't that think that's a bad thing. It's 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 frustrating. It is frustrating. No, it's, it's like, so great. Give me my great matches. I don't need the guy that kind of struggles in the ring. I don't. Like, I think this is your the fact of what we've gotten just outside of the match. I don't want to bog down too much into this, but those tend to be the things me and Connor disagree on the most as far as like how much sports entertainment we like in our matches. Uh, I tend to like more. <laughs> he tends to like less. That's kind of where we split there. But I think this is fun. I've enjoyed. I, I love NXT and what they've been doing over the last several months, especially. Uh, so this is fun for me. I'm excited about this. Uh, Gable Stevenson. And another thing I didn't see coming uh, is in NXT now. And one of like WWE's most talked about prospects for like, what, two years now? Has it been like two years? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've wondered like when he's going to debut. He was he may had a WrestleMania moment a little bit there. He didn't wrestle, obviously, but, you know, he got to showcase some stuff. But now he's in NXT and his first match is going to be against Baron Corbin. Shawn Michaels talked about it in the press conference a little bit about how he just asked if he could use him. Like, hey, can he's just kind of standing here. Can we can we use him? And they're like, yeah. And so he's he's had some good appearances in NXT so far, but it's awesome to actually see him get in the ring. I'm excited to see what he can do. It is Corbin is an interesting choice, but you know, dude's been in NXT also for the last like month and a half. So it makes it makes kind of sense. But I'm excited to actually see him in the ring, see what he can do. Yeah, the Gable thing is complicated because there were all of these legitimate, like from mm -hmm. collegiate reporters coming out saying, hey, this Olympic gold medalist, this former NCAA heavyweight champion has a year of eligibility left and he's legitimately considering coming back for that again. Yeah. To not only try and get a second gold medal, but actually keep wrestling collegiate. And you're just kind of like, OK, if he's doing all of that, what's this whole WWE thing going to be? Yeah. And I feel like this is just a one-off where we go, hey, remember that he's signed and here's him in a match. He's going to squash the hell out of Corbin in under five minutes. And then you're not going to see him again for at least a year. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I would be, uh, I'm going to say it, I would be bummed if that's the case. Kinda, I hope you, he stays around. Kind of, but are you okay? Like, are you all right? I feel like you, you have like real... Concerns about people leaving you today. Like, <laughs> Secret well, invasion. No, You're going to take my people away. There's so never much coming back. Surrounding this guy. I know. I'm just and he, Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree, though. I, I I think it's a real possibility that he does because, you know, he's very talented. He's very talented. So he could definitely do it. No one would blame him for doing it. Uh, but I would be bummed if this is it for like another year. Uh, and then obviously show stealers. Um, you know, there's I, I personally think the tag match is going to be super fun. I'm not a big Gallus, huge Gallus fan, but I will say they've no, done I, a good I job of holding. Is, but yeah, yeah, Gallus is holding from NXT UK. So like they've been holding the titles for a minute. Uh, Tony D and Stacks, though, the family, it's their time. 
the mob boss of NXT is uh, he's got gold, man. This is I tell you, this is a I sports like you entertainment. Look to me like moves. I was going to be so no, happy. no, no. I just said I, I'm just looking to project uh, my enthusiasm. No, and, and, it was, and it was well done. Well uh, done. So yeah, I'm excited for them to have title gold. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great matches here. Uh, there's one with Nathan Frazier. It's a big. You know, metaphor, eight man tag team. That's probably going to be really fun. There's a lot of really good NXT has one of those reputations of like their their PLEs. They perform, they they show up and they have good matches. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, and then real quick, just to touch on, we actually uh, have an interview coming up with uh, very soon on the channel, probably over the next like week or so uh, with Sir Cody Rhodes of WWE. Uh, and he's got a brand new documentary uh, that's gonna be coming to Peacock. See, another reason, It's another reason to get it. Uh, uh, talking about his entire, his entire, really his career, his, his spanning his entire career, but obviously there's a huge focus of the time kind of where he really made his decision to leave WWE then his time on the independent scene, all in AEW, like that whole kind of entire chapter to bringing him back to WWE. Uh, though I was actually surprised that it dips further along. I mean, it it really goes kind of past like Hell in a Cell, and like th they really tackle a lot. It was it was much more in depth than I uh, expected. Uh, to to be honest, it's one of the things that like there's a lot of really Ooh. great stuff here, but the stuff with Cody and his I mean family is very obviously very important to him. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that really resonated with like him and his his daughter and you know uh brandy Rhodes and his, his family and all their interactions throughout this entire process it's really great stuff that's the stuff that reached out to me that's kind of the emotional heart of it so i'm excited uh, for people to see it i do now a lot to sing our praises and i gotta sing it it was on this show with our who we already referenced our friend addy shankar who we did this long interview true, with true. who went i mean he's friends with cody Rhodes, so we'll, we'll say that but he passionately went on about how this guy needed to be WWE's like next big star right before he stepped back in the ring. So shout out to Adi Shankar. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, so very much you should check it out. Uh, it hits, I believe the 30th or, yeah, I believe it's the 30th that it hits. Um, so definitely check that out. So moving into comics, speeding through, man. Literally oh, hitting, oh. Doing things, things, things. Hitting. Oh yeah. Um, also, yeah, so moving into comics, I rarely speak up, but uh, no, no, no. I'm just gonna do my free promo. If you guys are wondering what we thought about Hellfire Gala, we're not gonna do that here. Uh, we spare Jan Janelle X-Men whenever we can, but uh, we did do a whole instant reaction to reading Hellfire Gala because it was a strange day for Marvel on Wednesday. We had the Secret Invasion finale, then the Hellfire Gala, and we all came away kind of like, uh, It was morbid as hell. It was morbid. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was very morbid. I'm gonna think I'm gonna write an article about, did there need to be another mutant massacre? We're gonna get into all that, but we talk about it. In, Spoiler, no. In, in our whole <laughs> breakdown of the Hellfire Gala 2023. So we got our hands on that issue. That's a whole event and a whole discussion. So uh, you can listen to our bonus episode which is about Secret Invasion in the future of the MCU and Hellfire Gala. Go listen to that after this. Definitely. Uh, so since we're not gonna be talking about that one, we're all gonna be talking about one kind of spotlight book today. It's gonna be for DC. It's gonna be Night Terrors number two. Uh, for those who have followed the first Night Terrors and pretty much me talking about Night Terrors at all, um, you know I love Deadman, right? Uh, and Deadman, there's a lot of Deadman in this book. Yep. And uh, hey, guess what? Spoiler, I, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dead Man. I love Dead Man and Batman working together. I like Sandman more. I, like I look. I here's the thing: the fact that we actually are really starting to peel back some of the layers of Insomnia as a villain. What what kind of gets him there? That stuff I thought was actually 
really interesting. We get there through Sandman, and I just love the idea of having Sandman be this like sidekick, this this undead sidekick to Batman who is possessed by dead man. Like that weird stacking scale is awesome. So uh, the fact, and then all too, I, I like some of the ideas, like the, what are they called? The sleepless nights? Yeah. Uh, that whole kind of riff on that, that's perfect, right? And and the there's a really like haunting image of, you know, Red Tornado, is that you? <laughs> and he's mm -hmm. holding his, his spine, <laughs> he's holding his head. There's some like imagery here that, you know, is it captures your attention, but also I just, really enjoy the nuts and bolts of the story because of the characters that are involved in it. There's a bunch of dialogue, but the dialogue between Sandman and Deadman, it's, it's interesting and compelling to me. So I've enjoyed this. Also, there are a ton of tie-ins, but there are also a lot of tie-ins that are worth your time. And I think, you know, Joker, Poison Ivy, Nightwing, those are all great tie-ins to this event. So if you're not reading any of them, I think you're missing out because there are some. You have to parse, not everything but there are some really good ones out there that I think go well with this. So I enjoyed this issue. What is everybody else thinking of the night? Um, night Terrace uh, train. I didn't think this issue did that much for me other than bring back the character of Sandman who I thought was like stole the show. I would have just, uh, if this had been a mystery and it was just dead man, Batman and Sandman like walking around talking and bantering, like I'd have enjoyed that. Um, it's hard because I never thought I'd like Sandman this much as the classic. <laughs> yeah. Like we're talking about classic Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Like Golden not, Age. Not the other one. Just, yeah, and Justice Society Sandman. Um, I forget his real name right now. It's kind of escaping me. But he was a detective with the kind of the gas and all that. And like there's great flashback about him and working a case and all that. So I like that part of it. But um, I'm always hard sold on these dream sequences. I think that as you pointed out, there are some cases where it's interesting and we touched on that with the first one, like the Joker story is interesting because what Joker's vision of a nightmare is, is him like losing Batman stupidly and then having to exist without him. Yeah. And that's interesting. But um, it, it does feel still like a little bit of a gimmick. I know dream sequence comics are always kind of a gimmick. We've talked about this, but I said, I think I'm interested to see if they pull it off when everybody wakes back up and this is all over, what those dreams have psychologically done to push different Agreed. heroes and villains into new places. I think I'll be there for that. But uh, this wasn't, a, again, this was like Secret Invasion. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't like great. There was nothing that stood out in this that I was like, ooh, I'm going to remember this issue other than Sandman being looking at him and be like, I've met Batman. And yeah, you're, you're not, not Batman. You're not Batman. And, <laughs> like being a detective even when he's a zombie. <laughs> and just the absurdity of that is fun. But um, Janelle, yeah. did you read this one? I did, and I am just loving this entire run so far. I hope you don't stop us from continuing this on because I am a fan. Um, I do love Deadman a lot, so more of that. <laughs> and then obviously, like, just seeing Batman in this light, like, is so fun. It's so fun that it's not Batman, but it's Batman. Like, right. it just feels, it, it's getting me excited about Batman again. So I feel like you guys said it perfectly, but yeah, I just think it's action packed. It's fun. It's interesting. It's serious too. Um, it's creepy and intriguing. And um, I also like, I, I think I said this from the start. I love the artwork. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, I will say it lends itself really well to the premise. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Connor, did you read this one or no? Yes, I did. Um, I'm with Kofi on this. This is, uh, this is, never re really gets uh higher than the level of okay you know it's it's batman but it's 
dead man basically wearing Batman as a suit. It's the Sandman, but it's not the one that you've probably heard of or if, so well, you have few recently, read even though I think I think Dream of the Endless showing up in this would be really interesting. I don't know if they're going to go that far. Um, and it also just even like the quick flash to Mr. Terrific. It's like, oh, right. The tie ins to this are probably a lot more interesting than what we're seeing. But for what we got, it's OK. Uh, moving into uh, just real quick, Rex, uh, Batman Beyond Neo Gothic. Uh, number one hit. This is a continu- This is a continuation uh, of the last kind of living Gotham storyline in the Batman. Ban- if you've been keeping up with the Batman Beyond universe, uh, I thought though, even if you haven't, they do a really good job. I think of just glossing over enough of the points and then getting you into this story. This is a Terry McGinnis we really haven't gotten before. It it's a kind of weathered. Terry Bruce isn't there. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with him that kind of is making him to me a more interesting character by himself. And then also we're dealing with a lot of like Gotham's, you know, there's this huge city above uh, that a lot of the action takes place in. But then we're also there's a whole old Gotham below that we're really now starting to explore and meet all these new characters. So they're doing a really uh, doing a lot of stuff. Um, You know, Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing are doing this. Uh, they, to me, have a track record in DC of doing just really interesting concepts and original ideas with proven properties. And so I think they're doing a landmark job. I adored this. I thought it was great. So if you're looking to give it a shot and jump into this, you should. Um, Avengers number three, Jed McKay, again, we talked about in that first issue, was kind of building the team. Well, this one is kind of building the villains. This is the introducing, here's the the A-level threats that can take on an Avengers-level team. And he... He builds them all up kind of individually. And then, you know, obviously they are built to take advantage of the Avengers power set. Obviously, you're writing a book, you're writing a book that makes sense. But I thought he did it really interesting ways. And it felt like so, so rarely do we get a, a battle that, and we don't even get the battle here yet. That's going to be in four probably. But we we don't get a premise that like utilizes everyone and like, oh, there's a reason for, you know, it's always like that running joke about like what people had to deal with Aquaman all the time. Well, if it's not a water, what does Aquaman do? Or if it's not, you know, if it's not a machine related, what does Cyborg do? You know, there was always these things about how you could write heroes out. And it happens all the time in Avengers too. But here it's like Scarlet Witch has a real like foe to take on and a, and a use for her power set vision the same way. So we're getting to highlight them. It's really good. Uh, and then Radiant Pink Volume 1, the Massive Verse is awesome it's kicking along and doing some great things and radiant peak is just really fun light-hearted and also just uh, kind of takes advantage of the fun power set of being able to to portals between worlds really but also you know p- places in time and space and stuff so really fun whole volumes out a certain someone might you know actually have made the the back of this so you know there's no like whatever there but still you should totally read it because i loved it enough for that to make it <laughs> so you should totally read it uh and that's in store so there you go comments all right that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation if you are just getting into show be sure to subscribe to our youtube page comic book all one word dash nation on youtube uh also subscribe to the comic book twitch page because uh, we do our live shows every Friday. Go on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcast, and both subscribe to Comic Book Nation and leave us a five-star review. That'd be very helpful. You can also find our bonus episodes on either YouTube or your podcast platforms. And like I said, this week, I mean, we got, a, we got three episodes this week. We have our post-Secret Invasion MCU talk. 
and Hellfire Gala reaction. We have this show we're doing today, and we will have a Witcher Season 3 Part 2 full spoilers discussion coming up right after this. So be sure to get all of that content and hear what we had to say. And uh, shout out for you guys going back and listening to a lot of old episodes. Continue to doing that because we said some pretty prophetic things at times. We said some things that make us look like trash now. Which one is which? You have to go back and uh, listen to it all and find out because there are some things we took massive L's on and you want to be able to laugh about that. So check out all things Comic Book Nation. We are the only show that does it all for geek culture and follow me and my co-hosts. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. I'm at Janelle Wheeler. I'm at Connor Casey CB. All right. Thanks again, guys. And we will see you out there. We hope you have a good time at the movies if you are still catching up on the latest flicks and at home with all the things we told you you should be watching or reading. So have a good weekend and we will see everybody next week as we start to get into the hellish part of summer. The end. August. Bubba my birthday. Leo season is upon us. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace. This is... 